Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. My name's Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have an absolutely unbelievable guest on, Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. And wait until you guys hear his story. You're not going to believe it. So hang tight. We'll be right back. And we are back. Let me bring Dr. Fannin on. Dr. Fannin, welcome to the show. Ken, thank you for having me. I really appreciate being here. I'm excited that you're on. I, I, um, I'm not sure that a lot of the audience knows your background exactly, but uh, I know a little bit about it, and um, it is mind-blowing. So I'm excited for you to come on and, and tell your story. I started this about Two and a half years ago, I've interviewed over 300 celebrities and entrepreneurs, and um, I think it's amazing the healing that occurs for people when they hear other people's stories about how they overcome the hard times, <laughs> you know. So um, why don't we start with, you know, talking a little bit about where you were born and raised. I know that now I know you you spent years working with um, Dr. Um, Joe Dispenza, right? Right. Yeah, we traveled yeah. together for almost five years. Okay. Wow. So, so where do y'all begin for you? Well, uh, I was born in Salmon, Idaho, and uh, so we left there when I was about two years old. So I don't remember really any of that except for when my dad went back to a high school reunion, and uh, so I really had very little knowledge about. Uh, where I was born, but I grew up in a lot of my growing up years in Salt Lake City. And, uh, you know, then as after I got out of uh, high school, uh, then that's kind of when I began to travel the world to do things and was in the Air Force for uh, four and a half years traveling around the world. And uh, uh, for a little bit of time, I was what's called a weapons intercept controller. And so I would control airplanes. And uh, then because of my background in television, because I worked for a while <clears throat> at WGN-TV in Chicago, uh, you know, back in the early 70s. And uh, so because of that background, uh, they transferred me into the uh, Armed Forces Network while I was in the Air Force. And so I traveled all over Europe uh, doing uh, Air Force Now films and things like that. Wow. And uh, uh, doing all kinds of major television things. So after that, I came home. Uh, got my undergraduate degree in mass communications at the University of Utah. And uh, then uh, from there, uh, while I was in Germany, I uh, was involved in an aero club. And uh, the aero club, uh, uh, I got my uh, pilot's license. And so that I began to uh, fly people that would come to visit me when I was stationed in Germany, uh, up and down the Rhine River looking at castles or I. Uh, uh, say, hey, you want to go to France for lunch? And so that we would fly to France, which sounds like a big deal, but it's not. It, they, it was only 20 minutes away. <laughs> so uh, if they would rent the airplane for 
back then you could rent a Cessna 172 for about $13 an hour wet, meaning that it wow. fuel. And so nowadays you couldn't do that. You know, kind of worked uh, after that, uh, got back to the States uh, and uh, began, uh, got my uh, uh, multi-engine rating and um, airline pilot rating and things like that. So then I went on to fly Lake Powell Air Service doing Grand Canyon tours, Lake Powell wow. Monument Valley, you know, a lot of uh, working my way up to the airlines and then flew for US Air uh, for a number of years till I started having layoffs. So I was based at LAX in Los Angeles, living here in Phoenix. Now I know a lot of people will commute an hour to work, uh, you know, get in their car and drive to work, but I would commute by air, airplane. So I spent a lot of time in the seat of the cockpit of an airplane. Wow. <laughs> so, and sometimes if they had a seat open, yeah, you got to look out and sit in the back with the, uh, with the real folks. So, wow. uh, from there, then, uh, uh, I, uh, Really, what I wanted to do was I wanted to be an astronaut. And so uh, back when a lot of this was hot and heavy, and my cousin was a former governor and senator of Arizona, Paul Fannin. And mm. uh, so uh, he got me an appointment to the Air Force Academy before I went in the military. And I was thinking I was going to go that direction and want to be an astronaut. And uh, so uh, then when I uh, the Vietnam War got hot and heavy, and and I was stationed in Germany, and I was scheduled to go to Vietnam, and I really didn't want to go there, you know. But the Vietnam War ended two weeks before I was scheduled to go, and so uh, uh, because I uh, was at a remote site in Cold Bay, Alaska, you know, where the peninsula comes down before the Aleutian Islands, the last yeah. spot is called Cold Bay, and it's named Cold Bay for a reason. I think the uh, coldest it ever got while I was there for a year was a minus 73 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, that's cold. Yeah, that's cold. They wouldn't let it go outside then. But I did my tour there mm. because I was at a remote site and uh, they let me uh, uh, have my duty station of choice. So I said, I'm going to Europe. So I put in for Germany and became a weapons intercept controller in Germany. Uh, uh, the rest of the time. So I traveled all over Germany uh, doing that for uh, about a year. And then uh, the Air Force was starting to have an identity crisis and they wanted to have people uh, that knew something about television help them out. So that's how I got into the Armed Forces Television Network. I spent the rest of my time traveling around Europe doing films and uh, having all kinds of fun. What what was that in the that was that in the seventies then? Yeah, that was um, that was in the seventies. I went in the Air Force in nineteen seventy two, and uh, I got out in nineteen seventy six. So I got out on bicentennial weekend in Philadelphia. So uh, you, you, my 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 brother in law flew F fours in the Air Force, and my yeah. nephew flew F sixteens in the Air Force, and now he flies for Delta. <laughs> oh yeah. And I remember when the F-4 and the F-16 were transitioning over because I was stationed at Ramstein Air Base at the Armed Forces Network there. And and uh, they had an F-4 and an F-16 lined up on the runway. And this was when they were just going around doing air shows. And the F-4 would start rolling and he would get about halfway down the runway before the F-16. And I would be up on the tower, you know, filming this. Yeah. And then 
uh, the F4 would take off and the F16 would just go just oh, to go yeah. straight out. It was that, really but you know that F4 was a they called it the flying trash can. It was so loud. Yeah, it, it was. So um that's yeah. that's kind of uh, nice that I got to experience some of that and travel around Europe and uh, uh make some different films and uh we wow. we decided we were going to try and be very audacious, you know, how audacious could we be and so we we would go to like England and we go to the base commander and say we'll put you on film, you know, and, and you can tell about whatever you want. And that was a big ego deal for them. And then we would say, what we need is, is a cherry pick, you know, one of these things that like they fix telephone poles with. And they yeah. would we put the camera in there and get it up above the runway and then film these, you know, F-111s coming up and spreading their wings and doing touches yeah. and goes. You know, we'd, we'd burn a million dollars worth of fuel, you know, just in an afternoon. <laughs> Of, uh, doing stuff like that, but then we would well, travel all over Europe talking about these films that we made. So it gave me uh, quite a bit of experience. And then because of my television background, before I went in the service, got me into the Armed Forces Network, and uh, so then I was able to uh, do that. But then when they started having the uh, uh, reduction in force, and uh, this was back in the early seventies and things, so. Um, I didn't have uh, as many hours in my logbook as I wanted to have because I started flying for Lake Powell Air Service and flying in the Grand Canyon, Lake Powell Monument Valley, flew fire attack for the Forest Service, you know, get up and drone around in forest fires for a while. And uh, that gave me enough hours to get on with U.S. Air. And uh, so then wow. got there and... Uh, then they started having more and more layoffs and a reduction in force in the military and things like that, where um, uh, I had over 6,000 hours of my logbook, which should get you uh, anywhere in the world because there were so many pilots that were out there, airlines that were going out of business. Even yeah. with 6,000 hours, I couldn't even get an interview. So that's when I decided, well, my seniority number was like in the middle of the seniority stack. So I decided uh, I was going to uh, uh, go back to school, and I, I because the the brain and uh, how we function was very important to me. So when I was flying, uh, there, a lot of people would bid to fly with me because they said it's like going to a Tony Robbins seminar in the cockpit. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, and I, I, you know, what I find interesting is because again. I don't think most people watching realize who you are. Some people do. I know Sherry Gideon's probably knows who you are. Um, well, you guys are friends. Well. Yeah. Well, yeah. we are working together now. So yeah, uh, we yeah. are doing programs together because before I even knew Sherry, uh, uh, she had written a book about the brain and thinking just yeah. like I did. And so we have a lot of conversations, you know, on a very frequent basis. And, uh, yeah. So now we're working together. And developing some programs that are really going to be very, very helpful for people in yeah. getting rid of subconscious beliefs and making yeah. a personal transformation for themselves. I, I think that that um, I mean, here's here's what I find interesting is like you're one of the the world's leading what what's the title neuroscientist? Yeah, neuroscientist. Yeah. And, and, I didn't know and, what to call myself, you know. 
that uh, has but, uh, not, but it has nothing to do with flying airplanes. <laughs> They're well, like, yeah, and, and, and that's what uh, the universe decided was going to shift my course. <laughs> Let me go play with airplanes for a while because I do love to fly. Yeah. And, uh, so when they started having this reduction in force and I couldn't uh, get an, an interview, well, that's when I decided to go back and get my Ph.D. in psychology. And wow. that started me down this path you know, and learning brain mapping and doing a bunch of trainings and working with thousands of people, which then led me to being connected up with uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza and traveling the world and, you know, doing over 4,000 brain maps on people who meditate. And and the one thing I learned about that is, one, most people have no idea how to meditate. And two, um, they, they really don't know how to deal with some of these issues. Uh, that are in their brain map. So being able to measure these things uh, made a huge difference. And so now uh, I have some some people coming over, uh, one woman driving over from San Diego today, and she does channeling. And so we're not only going to do her brain map, but we're going to map her doing channeling if people know what, what channeling is all about. And that's been a hobby of mine for years, being able to brain map people who uh, – have uh, that are intuitive, they're, they're clairvoyant. And, and I was actually in a movie uh, called uh, PGS, Your Personal Guidance System, Intuition. And so- What's it, uh, what's it called again, the movie? PGS, Personal Guidance System, Intuition. You can find it on Vimeo. And okay. uh, so I'm a neuroscientist in there that explains how intuition works. And so uh, some of the equipment that I have that we're going to be using today on her, and uh, I also have another doctor that I'm starting to train today. She's sitting right across the desk from me here, and uh, Dr. Carol Whittle, and uh, she's here to learn brain mapping and learning how to do all of these things. Wow. And so we're very excited. I also have equipment where I can measure a person's chakras, their energy field, see what the alignment is, and then help people get that alignment back if, it's, if they're out of alignment and dealing with the coherence. So uh, on my website and a number of places, I have uh, research things that I've done in helping people uh, change, you know, getting rid of focus concentration issues or subconscious belief patterns or things like that. I had, uh, you know, somebody I was working with yesterday online, getting rid of a subconscious belief pattern of theirs, you know, that goes way back to childhood. Because when we look at those kinds of issues from the third trimester of when we're, we are being conceived all the way up to seven or eight, we're actually uh, uh, taking in how the world works, learning from our parents, our teachers, our friends. And we really have no filters because our brain is basically recording everything in delta and theta. And so as we get older and we don't realize, you know, what has actually happened, so we have a belief. And we also have a meaning to that belief that we apply to it. And then we add some emotion, and that's called a cognition. That gets bound together with a, a, a neurotransmitter that we call acetylcholine. And so it's kind of like when you hear a song and it takes you way back when you have uh, feelings uh, about that sort of thing. And uh, that, that's what happened. So as we get older and uh, subconscious belief is only a thought that we have over and over and over again gets recorded in our subconscious system. So basically, uh, 
95% of the things that we say, think, and do today are coming from our subconscious and our experience. And it goes up to our conscious mind. And the conscious mind just executes whatever the rules are that are recorded as our subconscious beliefs. Uh, what a lot of people do not realize is that you can change those beliefs. Uh, there's a whole physiological aspect we go through in helping people. Uh, I'm doing, you know, and so when you have all these subconscious beliefs and you want to know what's on your subconscious belief window, uh, all you have to do is look at your behavior because your behavior is guided by what's written on your subconscious belief pattern. So if you want to be more powerful, uh, more thoughtful, more whatever happens, and this is why we, one of the reasons why we look at the chakra centers and look at the heart chakra in particular. So there are three uh, electromagnetic centers that are the most important. One is the electromagnetic center around your chakras. And then the second one is the electromagnetic center around your heart. And the third one is the electromagnetic center around your brain. Now, there's this uh, vagus nerve where uh, the energy and information from our heart goes to the brain, and then it causes this electrochemical stuff uh, uh, to be manufactured, and then uh, we feel whatever the emotion is. So, so you know, Laura, Laura asks a question. She's a nurse practitioner, and she deals with 100% of her patients are in, um, you know, uh, nursing care facilities. She deals a lot with dementia patients. Um, and she's asking, do you believe in the elements, for example, crystals in realignment of chakras, or do you believe mindset and cognitive behavioral therapy is more productive? Um, uh, both, of them, both of them can be used. So, um, you know, sometimes we, uh, you can uh, get some movement but what we're really talking about is when we have that cognition, it's about causing another burst of acetylcholine to remove the uh, cognition or the emotion rather. And so it's not going to get rid of the memory, but you have no emotion or feeling about that. And so now you're able to change. So in, in our subconscious, we may have a subconscious belief. Uh, let's just take money, for example. I want more money. I want more money. I want more money. And so cognitively we are thinking about that that's what our conscious brain is doing but our subconscious belief may have a belief in there you don't deserve more money and so that's what's literally being broadcast out into the field and uh, so that's what's coming back at us you don't deserve more money so are you going to be able to use that law of attraction in order to uh, uh, attract what it is that you want so there are specific things. A lot of people have this roller coaster ride up and down. Uh, so if I can get a little uh, geeky here for just a second, when yeah, no, I, I. By the way, I told you I love this. And, I know. And, but, can I, before you get before you get geeky on that, let me ask you this question, if I may. You sure. know, you you just brought up a, a perfect example of you know somebody. You ask anybody, hey, would you want, if I gave you a million dollars, would you want it? And I would say, unless you're an absolute idiot, most people would say, of course, yes, I'd love a million dollars, right? So people are walking around, I want more money, I want more money. But like you just said, subconsciously, there's something else going on that's 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 preventing that from happening. How do you change that person's 
subconscious belief system. Tony Robbins talks about that, right? The belief yeah, system. Yeah. yeah, that's a really great question. And so, Ken, um, there are lots of different methodologies that can allow that to occur. And we know how successful Tony Robbins has been in yeah. being able to change these beliefs. But basically, what you have to do is change the the, the nature of that, that cognition. So if you're saying, I want more money, I want more money, or whatever it is, and you have these beliefs, you have to find a way to change those. So when uh, let's take one example. Uh, the, uh, the guy that I was working with yesterday, excuse me, uh, yesterday, and he had something that go, went way back from his early uh, school years. And uh, uh, he felt like he was not smart and uh, uh, that he was not good enough. And so being able to change that from I'm not good enough to I choose to be happy so that every time. So let's go back to the, 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 the overall process. So let's say you have an experience in life you know, that you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you have a song. And every time you hear that song, you have memories and feelings about that particular situation. Yep. So later on in life, you no longer have this girlfriend or boyfriend. But uh, you every time you hear this song, now the, the mood has changed from something good to what it means with that experience. And so maybe you have something that's going on. So let's suppose that you're walking down uh, the mall and they're playing music up overhead. You're not even paying attention to it. And it, many years have gone by. So all of a sudden, a song comes on. You're not paying attention to it cognitively, but your subconscious is hearing that uh, that song. So it triggers whatever the emotion is with that. And now all of a sudden, maybe you're not feeling so good, but you don't know why. So this is about changing whatever that belief is. So I'll go through a process with people. First of all, we have to get down to what is the, the belief. You know, in the case of, of this uh, gentleman I was working with yesterday, is I'm not good enough. Now that came from uh, the family that he grew up in, of you're not good enough, you know, and so the questioning and stuff. So it's a thought he had over and over and over again uh, through many years of his life that got rooted in his subconscious. Then every time he has a feeling about I'm not good enough or somebody questions him, or, uh, and, and there are, uh, one of the things I wrote uh, in a, uh, something I put together uh, with Sherry Gideons, we wrote this book, and part of it is about the seven lies or myths that uh, most people subscribe to. And one of them is that uh, the criticism of others matters. And so when somebody criticizes us, it triggers that, and he begins to feel, I'm not good enough. Now, uh, that subconscious belief got there, you know, probably from parents, friends, whatever. However, he begins to perceive the world. So he has to change uh, his perception. So as, as, uh, as we're doing that in changing the perception, we have to work with the, the neural aspects of what goes on. So um, one of the things that the processes that I do with people is as they're uh, thinking about, well, I'm not good enough, for example. And uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, it triggers all these memories and feelings that go way back when. So uh, one of the ways that you can cause that to change 
is by causing another burst, a second burst of acetylcholine. So that cognition comes together with a neurotransmitter called acetylcholine, and, and that's what binds it together. So you can cause another burst of acetylcholine, and I wrote my doctoral dissertation on this, so I'm pretty informed about it. And, and so you can start uh, doing some tapping. So if I tap on the right side of my body, it's causing an activation on the left side of the brain. Or if I tap on the left side of the brain, it's causing an activation on the right side. So this counterproduction here uh, of causing that uh, that belief, now you're causing that second burst of acetylcholine. So it disengages the emotion. Now it may not get rid of the uh, memory, but now it's going to form a new cognition. So maybe I put a new cognition in there uh, of, uh, you know, I am powerful. Uh, I'm not giving direct examples here, but just so you get the, 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 uh, the feel of what happens here. And so by being able to do that, it now causes a second burst of acetylcholine. And so now you have the new experience and you give it new meaning and you add some emotion to that. And now it's get bound together with that acetylcholine. So now every time something comes up, the uh, I'm not good enough is not going to fire. It's going to be the new one that you put in there. That's the one that fires off. And so this is how, how we're able to produce more of who we want to be and understanding what our subconscious belief patterns, what they are and what they do and don't do. And so there's another uh, process uh, that I worked uh, you know, with uh, Rob Williams back when I was working with uh, Bruce Lipton and Rob Williams. And uh, uh, we did about 125 studies on changing people's subconscious belief patterns and wrote some papers and you know, uh, did a couple of shows on Gaia TV and uh, things like that about this kind of process. I have a um, friend, he's a client of mine that um, talked about when I interviewed him on my show, he talked about um, seeing um, doc, uh, Dr. Bob um, Proctor. Proctor, thank you. Um, and, and, and Bob Proctor talked about um, doing this, this, these affirmations. One, the one that he really hung on to is I am so happy and grateful now that money comes to me in increasing quantities from multiple sources on a continuous basis. And, and so, you know, he was talking about this and he's like, dude, I went from not being able to pay my bills, barely surviving to now he's doing 20 plus million dollars a year in business. And, and he said, I literally, I, he goes, I don't, I don't know how many times I said that affirmation, but I yeah. said, he goes, I would be on a four hour drive to go visit a car dealer. And I would say that so many times that, that I, I like, he goes, my voice would be hoarse by the time I, he's like 20, 30,000 times. He goes, it works. I'm telling you it works. So is yeah. that the answer? Well, yeah. You look at the science behind this. And so as he's using that affirmation again and again and again, it's kind of the long way around to do it, but it does work. And there are, you know, many millions of examples of people who have used that. But let's look at it again. So what is a subconscious belief? It is a thought you have over and over and over again. It gets rooted in your subconscious. That becomes the rule. So as, as he's doing that and causing those things, you know, triggering it again and again and again, 
it gets part of the subconscious belief and now you're changing your belief pattern. It's just, I have a faster way of doing it. That happens in there. Yeah. So Greg Reed used to do this, uh, you know, at his secret knock and he, yeah. he would have me, uh, he wrote the forward to my books and stuff. And I've known Greg for many, many years. Great guy. And, uh, Great guy. He's, uh, he's been on the uh, show. Yeah. So, uh, uh, when I would come to secret knock and they're, Hey Lisa, hi. You know, so, Lisa. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was on her show just recently. So I uh, love lovely. Lisa. She's amazing. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, he had me on there. Um, and, and I would do what I call stay, um, brain magic from the stage. So they would pick somebody out of the audience. We'd bring them up on stage, put the brain cap on and project it up on a 30 foot screen and I would change their subconscious beliefs and they could watch it actually happen. You know, and uh, even to this day, uh, it was really funny. I was watching uh, my friend Bruce Lipton's uh, new series on Gaia TV and stuff. And uh, I'm watching an episode and he's talking about this guy that puts a brain cap on somebody's head and then changes their belief. And his name is Jeffrey Fannin. <laughs> and I'm sitting there <laughs> just, just wow. cracking me up uh, doing wow. that. But, if you go to the science of this, there are many modalities, many methods of how to actually get there, you know. And so uh, that's why I have programs where I can work with people anywhere in the world. And there's a relationship, you know, between our cellular function. And Bruce will, will tell you the, this about that we have to have the right environment for ourselves in order to function. And so uh, one of the, the uh, videos is floating, floating around out there. Uh, or that I provide for people is I was working with this young man that had a lot of uh, uh, issues with uh, focus and concentration. And so I did a traditional brain map with him. And then uh, because I learned about these activators, uh, NRF1, NRF2, Sherry just walked in. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Sherry. <laughs> We're having a party. We're having a party. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So good to see you, sweetie. You, you too, honey. Yeah. So, so anyway, I get to the story there. Um, she is quite distracting. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, um, you, you go back to the science of this and, and how to how to do it once you learn it. It's not that I have any magic. We just look at the whole uh, psychology and the physiognomy of this so that I train people and teach people how to do this on their own uh, because uh, really they don't need me other than to teach them how to do this or they can take the affirmations or they could use uh, something like uh, tapping or EFT. But there's there's a little bit more to that story, uh, whether you're using the, uh, the, the pulse points or things like that or, or the... Uh, that would take a longer method of discussion here and why I work yeah. with people all around the world. So, oh, I was starting to talk about the relationship uh, with uh, with people around the world. So I have these uh, kits that I'm able to send out to people where they poke their finger, put a couple of drops of blood on a card. We send it into the lab and then they take a 10 or 15 minute uh, online uh, a cognitive test so we can see what their brain is actually doing. And then also looking at coherence. I was starting to tell you about this young man that uh, uh, when I was working with him and did his brain map and, and show this, uh, uh, how messy it is, uh, 
in the beginning and then put them on these activators that open up these pathways, NRF1, NRF2. And that's another discussion for another day. So but, I, but my, 12 days later, uh, I took another brain map and saw something that I did not expect. In 25 years of doing this, I never saw this. And everything was looking pretty normal. And, and so I thought, well, maybe it's a problem with the data, with the equipment, with the cap. All of those checked out. And then I started looking at it from a quantum physics point of view. So I won't try and get too geeky here with you. But anyway, uh, as I looked at that and looked at the coherence in his brain before, and then what it did is it opened up this pathway. So we go back to what Bruce Lipton is talking about. You have to have the right environment for your cells. And so as you have that right environment for your cells, now they can function normally. So uh, what needs to happen is you have to have the cells have to be dynamic. In other words, they have to have that coherence in order to transfer energy and information from one cell to the next. And so uh, this uh, these pathways got opened up. Now it immediately didn't uh, take care of his focus and concentration issues, but uh, at the beginning, uh, the parents were getting two and three calls a day from the school. He's acting out. He's not bringing in his homework. You know, he's being belligerent. All the things that we see with uh, with people who have problems with focus and concentration. Then we put him on these activators and then allowed uh, to be on that for 12 days, did another brain map. And that's when I saw the difference and could see the difference in coherence. And so why I start working with people in increasing their coherence. So one of the things that we uh, look at with the equipment, it's called GDV gas discharge visualization. And so what they do is uh, they put their finger down on the camera lens, it shoots a, a 10 millivolt charge into their finger. And that's so small, you don't even feel it. Causes the discharge, so we see the biophotonic energy. And it, so you can see what's happening in the energy field, how the energy around the different organs and systems of the body are happening, and also the chakras. And so the heart chakra, is the most important for developing coherence. And that's what I saw in some of these research studies that I did with people. And so using the heart math, uh, and I've been a certified trainer for heart math for many years, I think since 2016 or something, but wow. training people how to increase their coherence and opening up their pathways with these, uh, uh, people call them supplements, but they're really activators. And uh, that's a much longer for story for a different time about how we do that. But it is possible. So when you look at everything as a whole, we as human beings can do really amazing things. So for the last two years, I've been working with this group group called VibraVision, V-I-B-R-A-V-I-S-I-O-N. And uh, so uh, they can put bandages over their eyes and then a blindfold on top of that. They can drive go-karts. You can drop colored beanbags in their hand that can tell you what color they are. They can read from a book. You can give them a greeting card that's in an envelope, and they can read it to you. Uh, so we have the capability of doing amazing things. So uh, in a couple of months, uh, there, there's a movie out there that, that just astonished me, and I didn't know about it. It's called uh, Superhuman, Making the Invisible Visible, and you get it on uh, Vimeo or on uh, Amazon or somewhere, uh, yeah. and it's uh, really amazing. And they go through 
and they start talking about this. So a couple of scientists in the movie and myself, and I think we're doing it in January, uh, are going to do this special episode of Superhuman to talk about how we as human beings, how we can go to higher states of consciousness, how we can use our brain in ways that, uh, that uh, people think are just uh, a miracle. But when you look at the, the physiology and you look at meditation and you look at how to uh, work with these energies that are in, because really we are energy beings, we are vibrational beings living in a vibrational universe. And so this is about being able to use this whole th theory of quantum physics uh, to our benefit. And so that's, uh, that's what happens in being able to change our vibration. So, you know, I find it interesting. I think I told you when you and I talked on the phone that, you know, I'm a recovered alcoholic with 18 years sober. Um, and at, 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 after about one year of sobriety, somebody said to me, you should, you should consider, um, meditation and, and immediately all of my defense mechanisms kicked in. And I said, that's not biblical that Jesus wouldn't let, you know, and I was like, I, I got into all this dogma and, and I, I can remember finally being convinced that maybe, maybe it would help my squirrel brain. And, and so I've meditated every single morning of my life for the last 17 years. And I, I continue, I, it, I'll be late for a meeting before I miss that. And, and so, well, I, yeah, I'm with you on that. I do the same thing. Yeah. And, and, and there's lots of different types of meditation. Right. And so it probably isn't a type of meditation that I haven't worked with and, right. you know, have graphics and things like that. So again, it's learning the concept, learning the, the physics and uh, the universal laws that are there, yep. you know, working with people. I think, you know, I mean, I remember seeing uh, Dr. Joe on What the Bleep Do We Know? And he talked, I think it was him that talked, or somebody talked about the, the, um, the water, turning the water into crystal clear and making it, it dirty. Yeah, and about, uh, Mas Masimoto. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he, um, I have some of his books and it looked at that and looking at how the crystals change. And we're really talking about vibration. And I write in my books about the solfeggio frequencies. And a lot of people haven't heard of those if you look them up. Uh, and you know, you go to YouTube or whatever, and you can see those, but you don't really know whether you're getting the right frequency. So I wrote a chapter in the book about this and talking about when we look at something like 528 hertz, which is akin to unconditional love. So uh, back in the third century, when the Gregorian monks were uh, using these chants, they realized that these vibrations of the chants were causing emotions in people. So mm. somewhere along the line, um, uh, the, they began to cha uh, change the method of how they tune musical instruments. So normally, 528 hertz would be like the middle C on a piano. So uh, then as they changed this way of tuning the musical instrument, uh, they found that what they were getting was 512 hertz instead of 528 hertz. So essentially, it was causing a shift in the frequencies. So we know that these things are very powerful. They use them today, you know, in movies and, you know, 
when you hear the dreaded music and you know, so you start to have the feelings. It's just like the song. It takes you way back when and you have uh, yeah. fe uh, feelings and things like that about that. So what you're doing is you're training your brain and your body uh, to how to do these. So in 2015, I did a, a study on this and we went to a sound lab and had them produce uh, the correct frequencies for us. And so those are the ones I work with people nowadays on how, so that they can uh, get rid of, uh, you know, we know uh, energy healing, you know, and so I also did a study on energy healing. I wanted to know, you know, how does energy healing work? And so we did a study and it took us a year to do the study and a year to break down the data and another year to uh, present it. And uh, so we, we had 60 known energy healers in this study and uh, we were able to measure the energy. One was a receiver and one was a giver. And so they were doing this process uh, of, called the bars. And it's about having 32 points on the head and getting the energy to flow through the chakra centers. And that's part of the healing process. So I wrote a big paper. I wrote, uh, put the, you know, the results of that study in my book, you know, so people can look at that and see, you know, what is the science behind some of this stuff? And we know that it that really does work. And so it's about whatever modality that you are interested in, that we have, you know, the science that is out there. And now it's coming together. You know, people uh, like Bruce and Joe and other people are beginning to explain, you know, the science and the way to do this. And, and uh, so we are coming together in communities where people are helping other people. And I think that's the key issue here is uh, what, so it's not so important modality, but you understand the science and then how to utilize these within yourself. And so right. uh, being able to increase the coherence, whatever it is. And that's why I have the eight week course that I walk people through on how to measure this stuff, you know, with, with uh, scientific measurements and then how to utilize it in their own life. I, I think, you know, and I, I love everything you're talking about and, and, and I can't wait to dig into some of your material. The, the, I, you know, the self-help, I wrote, I wrote a book called Walls of Wisdom, Turning Pain into Profit. And, and, you know, I, I put it in the self-help category on Amazon, <laughs> Wow, what a competitive, it's the largest category on Amazon. And, and so, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it, it, I find it fascinating that, cause I've been to, you know, I, I, well, I've never been to a Tony Robbins seminar, although his book changed me significantly 30 years ago. Um, but, you know, people go to these seminars, they get all fired up and rah, 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 and walking on coals and, and doing all this stuff. And then they get home and, and six weeks later, they're back in the same patterns that they were pre prior to going to the, the rah, rah seminar. And, and so that's why the self-help industry is so massively huge. And, and so yeah. you're saying, it sounds like you're saying that, that, you know, I can, I can skip the seminar, attend your stuff, dig into the science behind why I'm screwed up <laughs> or, or what, or things aren't going the way I want them to go or whatever. You're saying that there's a scientific approach 
to removing yeah. these blocks and you do that. Well, well, more than that, and I put this in the book, it's called our point of attraction. So we have all of these emotions. And so the higher, faster frequencies are like love, uh, enjoyment, enthusiasm, things like that. And the lower ones are, are fear, depression, anger, things like that. So let's take worry as an example. Uh, let's suppose that a person worries a lot and we go back to that theory uh, as you worry, 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 uh, what your thoughts that you have over and over and over again are getting rooted in your subconscious belief. What we know about that is that if somebody can, a person of, that worries a lot, can they go from that to enthusiasm? Well, the answer is yes, but they cannot sustain it because right. it's not part of their, their root system. So they go up to uh, from worry to enthusiasm and they feel the enthusiasm, but then they drop right back down. So in this list that I have, and you can read a lot of different authors uh, on, you know, it's not so much what the numbers are, but you can go, and most people don't go from what their normal thinking pattern is uh, to more than five categories in either direction. So yeah, they can, they can manufacture the enthusiasm, the love, that sort of thing, but they cannot sustain it. And so that's why two weeks after the seminar, you get all pumped up. You go back because your thinking is right back where it was. It never left. Right. So you're saying there's a way to, to replace it. Well, sure. It, everybody has that ability. Yeah, everybody has that ability to replace that. And so we go back to, you know, let's get rid of the subconscious beliefs that aren't working for you. Well, how do I know what those are? Look at your behavior. I'm doing this, and I don't want to be doing that. So then you get rid of that one and replace it with a new cognition of the one that you do want. And then that's the one that fires. And that's the one when you do your morning routine and you do, you know, uh, things like meditation and how you can open up. You know, l let me give you a, a small – we have a couple minutes to do a small example here. So when we look at – a thought and it's going to have a particular vibrational pattern and it's going to vibrate. So whether it's a wanted thought or an unwanted thought, it doesn't matter. If you continue to have that thought for 17 seconds, other energy that is like that or other thoughts are going to be attracted to it. Now, when they come together, that energy, and I show this in, in uh, some of the videos that I've produced, it, it the apex of that energy and they come together, that energy is going to come together and join. It's called a constructive interference pattern. So now if you hold that for uh, 16, 17 seconds, it is now amassed enough energy where it's not just affecting uh, the energy matter, but now it's affected, it's got enough energy, it can affect particle matter. And if people want to understand that a little bit more, all you have to do is go on YouTube and look at a double slit experiment. And, uh, and it kind of explains how those uh, particles change from energy matter to particle matter, but that's how we attract what it is. That's how we create our own reality. So a lot of people are putting out a wanted thought, then an unwanted thought, then a wanted thought. So you're, you're putting resistance into the field, and so you have to get into the receptive zone in order to be able to understand uh, how do how do I keep that momentum? How do I keep that energy building uh, in order to attract what it is that I do want? And everybody has this ability. It's just a lot of people don't understand 
that of why they keep going on this roller coaster ride of sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And that's part of our, our physical being in uh, being able to change our subconscious beliefs and be able to uh, begin to master some of the, the science that has been here for as long as man has been here. Wow. So can you say that all again in layman's terms? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, sure. Uh, hire me as the coach and I'll, I'll explain it <laughs> in amazing detail. I love that. I, I, I absolutely think that everybody watching needs how what is how would somebody um get involved in in your your stuff and get in touch with you get get your courses what's what's a website address yeah uh ken thank you very much for allowing me to do that so i have a special gift for your um your audience here and then go on my website thoughtgenius.com and uh, they can uh download the five keys to commanding the power of thoughts and there are a number of other gifts that are there and they could, you know, register for courses and things that we're doing and get in touch with us. And so once they, uh, they register there, then they will get periodic notifications of different courses. You know, the things that Sherry and I are putting together, it's called moment to moment, you know, how we make decisions from moment to moment, how we live our lives. And it's about being present in the moment. You can be present in the moment, you know, and be there. But if you've got, you know, uh, a really crappy subconscious belief patterns, you're going to have to work a lot harder than everybody else in order to get there. So there's a way to uh, to deal with that. So we're going to have uh, some shows on moment to moment and courses and things like that that are currently uh, being put together and will be available to anybody. So they can go and register. And, and we have a book uh, uh they're called uh, Food for Thought that Sherry and I wrote. And it talked about these things and some of the, the myths that we subscribe to and, you know, what this is all about. So Laura, Laura asks, are there ways people can increase ACH naturally? This would be good to know. Well, of course. I mean, it's a natural process anyway. So if, if you're trying to uh, increase your acetylcholine, uh, the uh, the tapping really is what does it. So it's the bilateral stimulation of the hemispheres of the brain. So when I was uh, writing my doctoral dissertation, and, and that's why, so on the left side of my brain, I'm tapping on the right side of my body. It's causing that stimulation in the left hemisphere. And the same thing on the other side, if I'm tapping on the right side, it is uh, dealing with the, uh, the other side of my brain. So by going back and forth, uh, through the corpus callosum of transferring energy and information back and forth, back and forth. This is what causes that second burst of acetylcholine to bind the new subconscious belief together. So that's why uh, when when people are just doing affirmations, if they haven't done them long enough, it's not created the neural pathway that is going to, uh, to uh, be able to evaluate and to function within your own brain. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, you know, um, Dr. Joe talks about, Dispenza talks about um, his, the seminars he's had that, you know, and in one of his books, I, I, I listened to his book. Um, he talks about some lady in a wheelchair came in, she was in a wheelchair. And by the time she yeah, left, she was walking 
out of the seminar without the wheelchair. Ha yeah. How? How? How's that <laughs> like, even possible? <laughs> you know, they, they've shown on, on YouTube, like, uh, where people were getting around and doing chanting. I think this happened in China. And this person had uh, a uh, tumor, and they had it hooked up to a machine where you could see the tumor. And over a matter of minutes, that tumor shrank. You know, we had people who had uh, uh, one one gentleman who came and was able to do some things, and uh, he, he uh, uh, had a cancer, and he went after the uh, event, went back to the MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston uh, to have a new review, and they could find no no uh, 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 evidence of the cancer there. And so we've seen that. We've uh, worked with a lot of people who've had really amazing experiences. And so this is about, you know, understanding the physiology and how natural healing works. And, you know, a lot of it is that we are just out of balance. So it may, maybe our cells are out of balance or our energy, our vibrations are out of balance, our thoughts are out of balance, you know, things like that. So really depends on how far down the rabbit hole you want to go. <laughs> well, I mean, this is, this is your life. Like it's, it's, it's for anybody watching, right? This is like, this is your life. It'd be now would be a good time to, to fix it. <laughs> I would think. Well, right. Yeah. Well, and, and it's not like you have to have some special incantation and chant magic words and stuff like that. Everybody has the ability. You know, it's only a question of whether we'll use the ability. Like I was talking about, the Viber Vision, you know, if you want to go on YouTube and look up Viber Vision, V-I-B-R-A-V-I-S-I-O-N, and look at some of those amazing videos. And uh, so I've been able to brain map a lot of those people and how they do it. And we're looking at, you know, how, how can you train your brain to actually do some of these amazing things? So it's not that these people are amazing. They are amazing when we see this and we think these are miracle elements of what goes on you know uh, we look at the, uh, when the disciples were talking to christ and say master how do you do all of these miracles and he said all of these things that you've seen me do you can do and more and so yep. science is now catching up to a lot of that stuff and we're beginning to see and understand how the universe works how we as participants in that universe how that works. We are all connected. And so vibration, you know, you look at what Einstein uh, said and what uh, Nikola Tesla said uh, about, you know, the energy of the universe and that we can connect to that. And we are, we are already connected to that. Most of it is just learning how to do that, you know. So I think we're entering this new era, this new transition. And maybe this is a gift from the COVID virus uh, for all of us where we're able to um, go more inward, you know, who am I, what am I doing, and who are the people around me that I care about, and how do I deal with some of this stuff, so we're not so caught up in all of the distractions, the noise that's going on around us, and, you know, our phones, and the interruptions yeah. on our computer, and we're actually training our brain to dumb ourselves down when we're doing that. Now, these are great tools, and we need those tools in the mobile world that we live in, but they don't have to rule your life, you know. And so if you understand, you know, what you're looking at, what you're dealing with, you could use them as a tool 
and not, you know, spend your whole lifetime just sitting there. You know, you go into a restaurant back in the days when you, you could go into yeah. a restaurant. And, and what do you see? People sitting around, you know, a bunch of people or families. What are they doing? They're playing with their phone. You know, yeah. Is it that important? But we train our brains to become distracted. And when we're not distracted by something, we will manufacture the distraction, you know, uh, in, in order to feel what's normal. It's kind of like, you know, if I said, fold your arms, Ken, and you folded your arms. Uh, and then I said, okay, now reverse that, fold them in a different way. This it's way so is hard. Right. Yeah, I don't even know different. how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, the, and the answer to that is both of them are right. Which one feels normal? So we're going to go to what feels normal, the subconscious belief patterns that we have that are going on in the brain. And that's what, what uh, you know, so can you master these things? And that, that's what Tony Robbins is has been all these years trying to teach people, what Bruce Lipton does, what uh, uh, Joe Dispenza does, what all these people who teach this are trying to teach people and why they're so effective in the things that they do is because they understand the basis of it. Wow. This has been absolutely a powerful interview. I, I first off, I have your website scrolling across the bottom. Um, my you. wife, my wife said that she already went over and signed up and she's, she's, she, I mean, we build websites for a living and my wife is giving you props saying there's so much great stuff on your website. So, um, That's great I built it. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Good job. It took me years. It took me years to do that. And then wow. I also had somebody helping me now to build the funnel so when people register, we can, you know, yeah. start sitting out and keeping them in contact with, you know, podcasts and different things that we're doing. So, so uh, the question I always, the last question I always ask everyone is um, what do you think, in your opinion, holds people back from, from success? and freedom and happiness in life themselves they're afraid to make a choice and i think i learned that what a lot of people don't know is just a little bit over a year ago i had a stroke now i never saw this coming i was working with vibravision on zoom the night before i woke up in the middle of the night i couldn't open and close my left hand and i couldn't mm. speak and in that moment there was so much terror that I knew my life had changed forever. But because I, I know how to do what I know how to do, I was able to do some of those things for myself. I had to, you know, they took me to the hospital and uh, the uh, I had to sit there and practice because the things that were, the words that were forming in my brain were not the ones coming out of my mouth. And so as I kept practicing for a while, I could make myself understood and then called 911 They took me to the hospital. They kept me there for uh, two days, kind of stabilized things, and they sent me to a rehabilitation um, hospital. And I was there for only 12 days. And it's because of many of these things that I do and the activators and stuff that I talk about that, um, that I'm alive today because of that. And so uh, being able to get my cells back, I had to learn to speak. Uh, I had to wow. learn to swallow. I had to learn to, to hold a pencil, to you know, do dexterous things that I couldn't do before. And, uh, you know, that, that was a real wake-up call for me because, you know, I wasn't doing a good job of taking care of myself. 
you know, going here and there and everywhere and, you know, and uh, uh, just uh, not taking care of myself, not doing what I what I was teaching other people. I wasn't doing it in earnest for myself. So I think that was the universe's way of saying, all right, buddy, let's see how good you really are. Wow. Now, and so wow. now I have a great conviction of what that is and uh, what I needed to change for myself. And I think you'll find that a lot of people who are very powerful teachers have had, uh, you know, uh, you probably have heard Dr. Joe's story and other people have all had stories like that in their life that were kind of a wake-up call. And then you started to get really serious about using these universe laws and changing yeah. your habits, changing the way that you think, changing all of these different things so that you can be uh, a different person. And I'm sure you've heard stories like this again and again and again of people who have had very difficult circumstances. And those are just learning experiences for us to decide who do I want to be and how do I want to get there? You know, whether you're willing to. Um, and, and so one of the basic principles of that, we have to know what we don't want in order to do uh, to get what we do want. So we have to use our free will, our free choice in order to choose what we do want. Otherwise, we're going to create our reality by default. Wow. Wow. So powerful. Dr. Jeffrey Fannin, I got to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. I, your wisdom is unbelievable. I, I, everybody watching, go to thoughtgenius.com, get signed up for whatever he's selling or get, he has gifts. You're giving it, giving it away. Some of something for free. Go sign right. up and, and uh, go to thoughtgenius.com, which I love that website domain name, by the way. Uh, yeah, I, that came to me in a meditation. I was meditating one day trying to figure out what I was going to do, and that name just popped into my head. That's beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much. Don't hang up on me, though. If you would hang on real quick, I'm going to end this. Thank you to everyone who's been on here. If you shared this out, there's extra points for you somewhere in life. <laughs> if you didn't share it out, you're screwed. I'm, I'm kidding. Thank you, guys. Appreciate everything. Dr. Jeffrey, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And you guys have a wonderful day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, Cameron.